Well, we had a good week. You can tell I'm a little bit hoarse. I'm talking better than I was Friday, but I don't think I was much help for Dan singing this morning, but uh, we try to, try to give it our best. Here's our, our crew here. Isn't that, a, isn't that an awesome crew? That's just from our church. We took, uh, counting counselors and kids, we took 51 this year, and I thought that was an awesome, awesome thing. Let's give them a big hand, all right? I wanted to thank uh, Christy. Christy, will you stand up? And, and Leslie, will you stand up? And also Christy's sister, Rebecca, went with us. But would you just give these ladies a big hand for taking care of those kids all week? Thank you guys so much. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it without them. And then everyone that was here uh, Monday morning and then came back Friday to transport kids up there and back, guys, there's no way we'd have made it without your vehicles. And I wish you'd just applaud for them, everyone that took kids to camp, all right, and brought them back. As you heard me pray earlier, we had 15 children come to know Christ as Savior in our camp. We had 238 campers this year from six different churches in the MCBA uh, Association. We had eight children rededicate their life. Uh, as far as salvation, one of them was our very own Madison. Madison, stand up and wave at everybody real quick, all right? This is Madison. She came to know Christ as her Savior. And uh, also, Cam rededicated her life this, this week, and we're really proud of her. And, uh, and her decision. We also had something that was very unique this year, and probably it's my fault as a, as a pastor, as pastors around the, uh, around the area, that we don't present this more, but we had three children that felt the call on their life into missions and ministry, which I think is just awesome. Uh, we had two young ladies felt like someday when they get out of school and things, they would love to go serve as missionaries in foreign, foreign countries. And then one young man said he'd like, he felt God calling him into the ministry when he, get old, when he got older. So it was just a, an awesome week. Um, the, the Texas camp team, as a matter of fact, they had two of their very own saved. Uh, you remember Brother Patrick that sat back there in the back last Sunday? His youngest daughter, Briley, come to know Christ on the very first night. And then Brother Richard was one of the youth group leaders that I brought up here last Sunday. His youngest son found Christ on Wednesday night, I believe. So even, even the group that was there to... To minister to uh, received an awesome blessing, and and I've noticed that back when we used to do exfuge and things, and we'd go out and and uh, help people and serve people, it seemed like we ended up getting a bigger blessing than than the people that we uh, we were helping because it was just just great to be a part of that. But uh, we had had a, had a great camp. It was a little hot to say the least, and then we had a storm blow through, blow through on Tuesday, uh, and you guys kind of caught that storm down here too when the wind got up and, and all those things, but. It was really amazing because we were watching the radar and trying to keep the kids safe because they were at wreck and here come this dark cloud over the mountains and you can't see like 100 miles like you can here. You just kind of, here it is, you know, here comes it over the mountain. And, uh, but we were watching the lightning and things and we watched the radar and we caught just a little tip of the rain and the wind and the minute it got past our camp, it just like blew up and then it come toward you guys and through uh, Leechville and Manila. And so we just, we just thanked the Lord for taking care of them. We had... We had a bunch of them out under the, the snack shack pavilion, and all of a sudden the wind come blowing, and so we're scurrying them to the church and trying to keep them safe. And there's not a lot of places to hide up there, uh, but God took care of us. And uh, after a few kind of got a little, bit, a little bit excited, we had a few of them worried about thunderstorms and lightning and thunder, but uh, our, our counselors and uh, the helpers there were just excellent in taking care of those children. And, and so uh, we, we were very, very thankful. Um, had good worship services every night. And, and the thing that I really enjoyed was to see the kids come and pray around the altar. And it wasn't something that, 
Brother Patrick didn't really say, you know, if you want to come pray, come pray. He just kind of presented the gospel, presented the, whatever the message was that evening. And then they would just kind of bring their friends' hands and they would come and, and just pray. And they would just sit around and pray and hold each other and, and, and tears, you know, come out. And, and the emotion that, that, you know, some of these kids, this, I was just sitting there thinking, this is probably the first time some of these kids have ever been experienced this kind of emotion, uh, this kind of just, you know, letting God speak to you. Um, and they would just set up there for, I mean, we would go through two complete songs at invitation, and they would be praying, and they would just be sharing with each other. And, and then others were going back and finding their counselor, and we were taking them to other places to talk to them about their salvation. Um, and then some were being saved at Bible study, and some were being saved during wreck, and some would be saved uh, right after dinner. And, and it was just amazing to see God's Spirit work in that camp all week. And we, we've seen that. This is our ninth year, I think, up there. And, and it just seems like holy ground there. We, every year we feel God's presence in, in a mighty way. I even saw some of the counselors, some of the parents came in on, on Thursday night, but they're, they're kind of doing this, looking through the crowd and watching their children worship. And I, I, just, I just really, I, I, I was trying to process that because it, it almost seemed like the children were, were leading the worship. You know, and you, well, it's kids camp, but that's going to happen. But, but you know, I, I, just, I just want us to, and we talked to the parents that night when they went home. We said, look, we're going to hand them back off to you tomorrow. And we want you to continue to help them to know Christ, to, to know his word. Uh, you know, every once in a while, I think it'd be great if parents or grandparents would just take the hand when you feel led to take the hand of your granddaughter or your son or daughter or grandson, uh, your nephew, whatever, and just, just come to this altar and pray with them. And so that this next generation won't be so afraid of this place because it's a very special place to come and, and pray around the altar. I know you can pray anywhere, and I know God hears our prayers anywhere, but if you're like me, there's just something special about kneeling down around this altar and praying. And, and so I pray that we as adults would, would continue to, to teach our children about worship. And, uh, you know, some of them, they're lifting their hands. Now, uh, a lot of the, the teenagers that went, a lot of the young people that went with Texas, they, they worship that way. They sing and they praise and they raise their hands. Some of our kids at first were just kind of watching them and kind of, you know, mimicking what they'd done. But after a while, uh, as nights went on and we got into Wednesday night, Thursday night, you could just see them, you know, praising God, closing their eyes, singing. And you can sing anyway. I'm not saying that's the right way to sing. I'm just saying we could see them worshiping in, in, in different ways maybe for them. And, and I think Leslie and, and Christy seen some of that same, same thing. And it's just amazing because I just... You know, I kind of usually come up and dismiss this to our group devotions, and, and I, just, I just don't say anything. I just let God work because it's, it's just beautiful to see. And some of them are learning. Some of them are up there because their other friends are up there. But they're, they're learning about worship, and they're learning about working through those emotions and, and all those things that God has for us. So it was just a, a, really, a really beautiful time. And we talked about, uh, Brother Patrick talked about focus. He talked about distractions. He talked about being a fan or a follower, and we, we had, have done that a few years back. But um, it, it was just a really good, good week. One of the stories that, that he brought is in Matthew 14. I wanted to kind of go there today and just kind of help us all, uh, kind of talking to our, our children today that was at, at, uh, at youth camp, our kids camp, about staying focused, uh, you know, about us parents and grandparents and others staying focused. Um, it's real easy in summertime to get out of focus because everything gets so busy. It's real easy when school starts back in to get out of focus. 
then the holidays come. It's really easy to get out of focus. And um, I, I think we, we've got, and we, we really talked, Brother Patrick talked to kids about keeping their eyes on the Lord. And our theme this week was turn up Jesus and turn down the world. And there's a lot of times, guys, when the world is just blaring in our ears and we can't hear. You know how Jesus loves to speak? You remember? He doesn't come in the wind or, or the earthquakes. He comes in what? A still, small voice. And listen, if we don't have the world turned down, we may not be able to hear that still, small voice. And so it's very important that we focus. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story that you've heard probably a, a, a dozen, hundred times. But uh, since our kids are, are not going to get to go to children's church this morning things, I thought they would like this story too. Some of the campers heard this story this week. But I just wanted to kind of talk to us about that briefly this morning, about staying in focus. So let's, walk, let's go to 22 of Matthew 14 where it says Jesus walks on water. Can you, imagine, can you imagine kids being able to walk on water? I know some of mine were down there with Hayden and swimming in his new pool yesterday, and, and it would have been amazing for Hayden to get up on the water and start walking on the water. I'm thinking they would have all started looking. Uh, me and Bubba can never walk on water because we're a little bit uh, not buoyant anymore. Uh, but can you imagine walking on water? We, we kind of see these stories, and we've heard them since Sunday school, and we think, yeah, that's pretty cool. But we never really stop to see the enormity of them, the miracle that is in them, as Jesus walked on the water. And also, we'll see that another young man decided to give it a try, too. Verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, if you look right before you, there in the, in the chapter before, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Now, it says that there was 5,000 men not including women and children. So most Bible scholars think this could have been a crowd of 10,000. And he's just fed them with a, a little boy's lunch. He had a, some loaves and some fish, and, and he prayed over that, the Lord did, and it fed all this 10, 15,000, however many it was. The mir a miracle happened, and, and Jesus provided for them. And I want you to realize the disciples have just witnessed this, Okay. And you remember one of their thoughts was, let's just let them go home. We don't have enough money to feed them all. And Jesus said, just sit them down, and I'll take care of the situation. So being a disciple, we talked about this morning in our class, being a disciple is a follower of Christ and, and trusting him no matter what our circumstances is. And that's what he's really trying to teach the disciples over and over and over again. It's what he's trying to teach us over and over and over again, that you've got to trust me you got to trust me. And we, we really poured that out to the kids this week. you got to trust God. No matter what you're going through, what, what you're happening, you know, who you think you are, who you're not, you, who you think you are, whether you like yourself or you don't like yourself, all those things, if you trust God, he'll show you your worth, your value, all those things. And, and I think that's important for adults to know, too. Because sometimes we think, man, I'm not much. You know, I don't do a whole lot for the Lord. Um, but God wants to do so many great things through you and for you. Uh, it's just amazing. So he's dismissing the crowd. He's telling his disciples, we kind of see the story here. You guys go ahead and get in the boat. Roll on a cross. I'm going to go pray for a while, and then I'll be right there. And you know, after feeding 10,000 people, you know he had to be a hero. It would have been real easy for Jesus just to walk around and kind of bask in the glory and uh, you know, let people talk about how great it was. But Jesus was never about that. It was never about, it was never about him. It was always about others. And so the first thing he thinks about is, look, I've got to go pray. I've got to go pray for these people. And I just wonder what he was thinking as he prayed. I wonder if he was thinking about, 
I wonder how many of them really got who I was. I wonder if, I wonder if they really understand that I'm God's son. I wonder if they were just excited because I filled their belly. I wonder about, I wonder about my men that, that I see. He was up on the mountain, and you know, of course God knows all, sees all. And I'm sure he's looking across, and he sees them in the boat. And they're rowing the boat, and we'll see here in a minute. They're kind of up against a big wind, and we kind of felt that this week at camp. We've seen that big wind come through. And I just, I just wonder if God, as Jesus prays, what all was on his mind from all the events that had happened in the feeding of the 5,000. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. You know, the writer pointed out something here that, that I hadn't thought about something. We think sometimes when we get in a storm in life that we're out of the will of God. We think sometimes just because I've got into a storm in my life, I must not be doing what God wants me to do. And you look right here at this story, we see that's not true. You know, sometimes God's going to allow you to go into storms. You know, sometimes God's going to allow you to go through a difficult time. He, he knew, he knew where they were headed. He knew what was going to happen. He knew the storm was coming. But who put him in the boat? Jesus did. And so sometimes in our life we think, man, if it's hard, if, it's, if I'm struggling, if it's difficult, I must be out of the will of God. You know what? He may be allowing that in your life just so you'll trust him more. And we don't like to think about that. Because we kind of like to believe that story that God takes care of us all the time. And if we just follow him, everything's going to be just peachy keen and already, always good. And Lord, guys, we understand real quick that sometimes in this, living in this world, living in this sinful world, we are going to go through some storms. And sometimes Christ allows that so that our faith grows. We trust him more. We keep our focus on him. Because, guys, we know in this world today, if we don't focus on him, we're going to sink. We're going to sink. Just a great thought there. Verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. Now, you've got to think about this. Is, this is what they call you know, one of the last watches of the night, probably somewhere between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock. Now, if you get up in the morning at 3 to 6, you get outside, you know it's really, most cases, it's dark. And you can barely see. Maybe it was closer to, to six, but still, there's just a little bit of light, not much. And they look out there on the water, and here comes somebody or something walking toward them. Let's see how they react. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out with fear. You kids, you ever read ghost stories? They get kind of scary, don't they? Yeah. You know, and we, we jump on them all. They shouldn't believe in ghosts. They're grown men. They should know better. But I'm telling you, if you're out there on the lake and it's almost dark, you know, almost dark and something comes walking towards you, uh, as human beings, we're, we're not going to think, hmm, you know what, that, that's probably something good for me. That's something that I'm looking forward to. And so they kind of panic, all right? 
and they begin to talk and begin to holler out. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Everybody say it with me, don't be afraid. Don't you love it when we're in the storms of life, when it seems really, really hard, when it just doesn't seem like it's a possibility of anything getting better? And Jesus said, don't worry, it's I, don't be afraid. What comfort, what peace, what wonderful things to think about. And boys and girls, when you're scared, moms and dads, when you're scared, grandmas and grandpas, when you're scared, you can call out to God and he'll say, take courage, don't be afraid, it's me. He said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And I know we say that, we use that term a lot, but guys, I'm telling you, there are times in our life when we really need to know that. When our focus has kind of got off focus, when we've been kind of wandering around doing other things and we hadn't really been sharp, we hadn't been in God's word, we haven't been praying, we hadn't been seeking his will, and all of a sudden things just get all kind of crazy and man, we just feel like we're lost and we scream out, help me, and we feel that calming assurance of the comforter. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit was to comfort us and to draw us to the Lord. And he says, take courage, be brave, don't worry. It's me. I'm here. Man, what peace. What comfort. Then Peter's got to try something. You know, Peter is never one sitting in the back going, this is what I'd like to say, but I'm not going to say it. Does any of y'all have a, do you have a poor filter sometime? Do you guys just think things and it comes out before you really filter it? Does anybody do that? All right. We, we all have that sometime. You know, we, we think something up and we, boop, and it comes out. Oh, can't put it back in, you know. But Peter was like that. Peter was, you know, he was going to try, he was going to, you know, I want to be the first one there. I'm going to ask the first question. You remember, remember when, when Christ said, uh, you know, you're going to deny, you know, you're going to deny me. And he said, Lord, I'll never, I'll never deny you. Lord, you just count on me. If everybody else leaves, everybody walks out the door, oh, Peter will be there. Remember what Jesus said? When you hear the rooster crow three times, you're going to deny me three times. You hear the rooster crow, you're going to deny me three times. And so that's the kind of guy Peter was. Very, very straightforward, very kind of didn't really process what he was thinking. He just kind of said it. And so here's what Peter says. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. <laughs> you know, we always kind of think about Peter at the end of this story. Man, look at his faith. He got little faith. He fell in the water. How many of you would have even stepped out of the boat? Brother Todd, would you have stepped out of the boat? you got to think about, he didn't, even, he didn't even hesitate. He said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. You know, that might be a good way to think about things when we're up against a big decision or if we're up against some, some storms in our life or we're trying to figure things out in our life. Maybe we need to just cry out, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And he will. He will. You know what Jesus said? Look there in verse 29. Come. Come on. If you want to, come on. Can you imagine taking that first step out over the boat? Go home today in your pool, boys and girls. Try to do that. Just try to walk out. Just stand up on something to try to walk across the water. See how far you get. It's amazing. Think about that. 
Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. He's doing it. He must have thought that in his mind. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm walking. But you know what he was at, what he, where he was at first? His focus was good. You know, and we always talk about this story, keeping your eyes on Jesus. We talk to kids about keeping your eyes on Jesus. And, and grown-ups, listen, we got to do the same thing. I know this seems really elementary this morning, but it's so basic, it's, it's deep. <laughs> it's so basic, it's deep, because we have got to stay focused on Jesus in our lives. It is real easy to turn up the world and turn down Jesus. It's real easy to get looking at things around us. But when Peter stepped out of that boat, he had, I think he had his eyes dead set on Jesus. He wasn't looking at the waves. He wasn't looking at the wind. He didn't feel the wind. I think he was so locked in that he was just looking at Jesus. And Jesus said, come on. And son, he stepped over the boat and onto the water, and he just had his eyes glued on Jesus. I wonder what our life would be like if we had our eyes glued on Jesus every day. You say, Brother Todd, that's impossible. Not if we're not, you know, it's not impossible if we're looking to him because he can do anything. He gives us the power to do that. He said, I can take care of you. I'll show you how to walk. I'll show you where to go. Just keep your eyes on me. Parents, don't we do that as kids, to our kids? I'll show you the right way. I'll teach you the right way. Just, just follow what I say. Do what I do. But there's also a big part of that. When you ask a kid to do what you do, make sure you're being a good example. We had, each night after, after we'd have our church, we would go right into what we call group devotion. It's one of my favorite times at camp. You get to break up with just your group. And, and while the message is still strong in their heart, and while they're thinking about things, and they've been praying and, and different things, we walk out there and we begin to just let them ask questions. And one night it was about just, you know, don't let people dictate how you live as far as if you feel like it's wrong for you, if you feel like it's not presentable in God's temple, you feel like God wouldn't want you to do that, don't, don't let others talk you into doing things. And, and you, you let God give you the strength, okay? And let God give you value and worth. Don't let, don't let your friends give you your worth, but... You find your value in what Christ and what he says to you. And I was just, you know, I was just using an example about, you know, it's, it's easy to put drugs in our body or, or alcohol or all those kind of things and, because that's what our friends like us to do when we get older. And, and I said, you know, don't be afraid to just stand up and say, I, I just don't think that would be good in, in God's temple because he tells me in his word that this body is, is his temple. The Holy Spirit lives in here, and, and I just don't feel like I need to put those things in, in this body. And I said, you know, you, you do the right thing. And one little girl that, that had come with, with Christy's uh, father's church, she said, well, Brother Todd, what, what if you want to do the right thing? And what if your parents do, tell you to do the right thing? But they, they don't. What if, what if they use drugs, and what if they drink, and, and what if they do those things that you know that's not right because God has asked us not to do those to this temple? What do you do then? And man, every so often there's just a question that just knocks me on my feet. And I looked at her and I said, baby, 
you, you ask God for power. And you ask him to help you to make good decisions. And I, w- I would be willing to say, go home and ask your mom and dad. Say, look, you've asked me not to do some things. Because, listen, these kids hear it all year long at school about don't do this and don't do that, don't do that. But what if you went home and asked your mom and dad, let's make an agreement, mom and dad. I won't do it if you won't do it. You think that might make a difference? And she just kind of had tears in her eyes, and I, you just wonder sometimes if you got through, you know, you wonder if it, it clicked. But that was weighing heavy on her mind. Had another little girl said, Brother Todd, what do you do if you believe in God and your friend don't believe in God? How do you help them believe in God? These are tough questions from 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old children. These kids, are, they're deep. These kids know, they know more than, than I ever knew at that age. They've been exposed to so much more than I've ever been exposed to at that age. And it's just amazing to talk to them and visit with them and let them ask whatever questions they want to ask. And let them know that whatever question they've got, there's not a wrong question. To let them know that we might not have the answer, but we'll pray with them and we'll talk with them and we'll try to help them understand the best we know how. And I'm sure Leslie and and, and Christy could share other stories this week of questions they got asked that were, were very difficult. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's very easy to tell your kids and expect your kids to live some way and you feel like you're old enough and mature enough to live another way. And guys, you have to decide. I can't decide that for you. I'm not going to tell you what to do there. That's between you and the Lord. But also remember, and I've said it a hundred times, there's always somebody watching. And they might be that tall or they may be that tall. It may be a friend, it may be a neighbor, but there's always somebody watching. And they're trying to figure it out. These kids sitting in here with us this morning, that usually in children's church, they're trying to figure all this out. We've made mistakes, I've made mistakes in my life. And since those three have come into my life that God gave us a few years back, man, it's different. Because there is always somebody watching me. And I just ask you guys to stay focused. Because you know what? You know what parenting is? It's the equivalent of walking on water. (laughs) Amen? It's the equivalent of walking on water sometimes. It is hard. It is difficult. There is no wrong or right answer some days. But we got to stay glued and our eyes focused on Jesus. Because it's not only because of us. We need it for us. But we also got some little followers behind us. And what are we going to teach them? What are we going to teach them? Man, I, I just wish you could sit and listen to these kids ask these questions. And man, I'm telling you, it will, it will blow your mind. You know, somebody answer this for me when we get done today. Where did Cain find his wife? All right, we'll go from there. All right. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. 
Now, Brother Patrick brought out a great point this week. What did Peter do for a living? Fisherman, wasn't he? Think he knew how to swim? I think he did. We even see that at one time there. We said, that's Jesus. And he jumped out of the boat and swam to the shore. Isn't it amazing when we take our eyes on Jesus, even the things we know how to do, when we take our eyes off of Jesus, even the things we know how to do, we forget how to do? Here's a man saying, Lord, save me. And he knew how to swim. But when he got his eyes off of Jesus and he began to look at his circumstances, his job, his finances, the worries of life, on and on and on, and all of a sudden his focus went off of Jesus and he began to look at everything but Jesus. And what happened? He went down. He sunk. He sunk. But he knew who to cry out to. And to me, that shows who Peter's truly was, who Peter truly was. He knew he was of the Lord's, and he knew there was only one person that could save him. And so he cried out to him, Lord, save me. Save me. Immediately, verse 31, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? You of little faith. Now listen, it don't take a lot of faith. There's a scripture that says if you have the faith as big as a grain of mustard, a mustard seed. Have you ever seen one of those? They're, they're very small. But it's who you have your faith in. A lot of times we have our faith in ourselves. We think, hey, I've been in church all my life. I know this stuff. I teach class. I do this. I do that. I, I've got this faith thing down. But we have to be careful, guys, that our faith isn't in, in us, that it's in Jesus Christ. Because he said, you'll have faith as small as a mustard seed. You can move mountains. That's a pretty big deal. But it's who your faith is in. And Peter's faith went from looking at the Lord to looking at his circumstances, to realizing he couldn't do it, to realizing he needed a Savior. And you almost see the gospel in this story, don't you? You see the gospel in this story. We're trying to do all the things on our own. We see Jesus out there in the distance, but we look around and we realize that we can't do it without him. We've got to get to him, but there's too many obstacles, and so we just cry out, Lord, save us. And he reaches down the miry clay, and pulls us up and sets us on the solid rock and saves us. Isn't that beautiful? Why did you doubt? Why do we doubt the Lord? Why do we take our focus off him? Why do we think things and stuff and places and all that will make us, make us more happy? There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But all those things, if we're not careful, can get our focus away from there. To everything around us. You see, Peter started looking at his situation. And a lot of times we look at our situation rather than looking at Jesus. And we think it's hopeless. We can't do anything. And Jesus says, I'm here. I'm here. Put your faith in me. Quit putting your faith in the man in the mirror, in the woman in the mirror. Put your faith in me. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Think about that just a second. You remember the other time that Jesus was asleep in the boat? And what did he do? He got up and said, peace be still, didn't he? Remember that? He said, peace be still. 
look at this issue here. Look, look at what happened here. And to see that the dominance and the, the, the power and the sovereignty of God over nature, he didn't have to say a word this time. Think about that. Read it one more time. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. It just obeyed him because it was God. God's son. He didn't even have to say be still that time. It just obeyed him. That's the man I want to follow. The one that the winds and seas obey when he doesn't even have to say a word. Does it show you that he is the author, the creator, the maker of all? You see that in that small verse there. Then those who were on the boat worshiped him and saying, truly, you are the son of God. It's amazing when, when our faith goes from us to, to the Lord, and when our focus gets on the Lord, and we realize that he's the real deal, and we realize nothing else can do for us what God can do in Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden we just fall to our knees and worship him. We, think about what happened here. We went from a storm, we went from winds, we went from rolling against the, the winds, we, we went from all these things, and all of a sudden we see Jesus just a miracle, walking on the water, pulling Peter out, and all of a sudden there in the midst of that quiet, just praise broke out, worship broke out. Realizing that this is truly God's son. And he, he wanted them to get that so bad. He just kept teaching them that, teaching them that, teaching them that. And, and you know, even the disciples, they were just like us. They lost their focus from time to time. And he'd do, they just seen him feed 10,000 people plus. They'd just seen one wonder after another as they followed him, and still there would be days where they go, I don't know. I don't know if it's really God. Guys, every one of us in this room has seen God show out in our life time after time after time after time. And we've seen him do miraculous things in our lives and for our families and for our loved ones and for our kids. But there's still those days when we're not here, we're here, and we go, God, where are you? God, you're letting me down. God, why aren't you taking care of me? Where are you at, God? And our faith gets, it gets little. It gets back in ourself, and we begin to sink. But listen, never be too proud to scream out the words that Peter did. Lord, save me, because he will. He will take care of you. And we've all been to that point in our life before. Lord, save me. And we feel that hand reach down and pick us up. And then worship breaks out. And we realize this is truly God's son. Why would I ever want to put my focus on anything else? What gets your focus? What, what caused you to lose your focus on Jesus? Is it your job? Worry? I know none of you in here worry. Finances? Fatigue, you know, you can get tired in God. Guys, I have to admit, I felt old this week, all right? I felt old with all them kids. And about Wednesday night, I said, God, you got to help me. I'm tired. And I felt really, I felt old as I'd ever felt at camp before, Leslie. I just felt old. But you know what? We start seeing those kids walk the aisle, and by Thursday, I was fired up again. Now, don't get me wrong, I was glad to get my own bed Friday night, all right? But fatigue, tired, this, 
This world can drive us, it can wear us out, amen? It can wear us out. And guys, when we get tired, that's when the devil loves to come calling. If you're like me, when the devil can get you tired and get your, get your brain into neutral, he can throw you things from sides all over the place, and we just kind of say, whatever, I'm tired. Pride, little faith. And like I said, little faith in yourself. Faith in yourself that, eh, I can do this. But guys, just, just think about focusing. Focus on you and the Lord. Focus on you as a parent. Focus on these children. And guys, let's continue to lead them. Guys, I look around and we are being blessed. 52 people going to camp. We were blessed. There's only about, we had six churches in all of 40 of Mississippi County that had kids to bring. Now, there's some other churches that go to a couple other camps, but there are just two or three or four of them. But I'm, I'm saying 10 churches and all the 40 in this association have children even bring to camp. God has entrusted us with something big. We must keep our focus. We must not grow weary in doing good. Because I'm telling you, it's getting rougher out there every day. And we must stay focused on Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for the day. Lord, help us to stay focused. Lord, help us to be like Peter and just keep our eyes on you. And, Lord, just go to you wherever you're at. And, Lord, sometimes that can be scary. But, Lord, we know when you call, when you say come, you'll, you'll help us. You'll help us do whatever, whatever you have for us. Lord, help us to realize how much these kids are watching us, whether we're parents or grandparents, aunts or uncles. Lord, help us to realize how much these kids are watching us and what they're learning from us, and how important it is that we help them focus on you also. Lord, thank you for, for just the faith that, you, that we can have in you, Lord. Thank you for giving us that faith. And Lord, I pray, and I know these people pray, that that faith will grow on a daily basis in you. Lord, just speak to hearts this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.